All righty. You ready, Mr. Cantonella? Let's Welcome do it, buddy. Welcome to Breaking the Ice, episode number two. Uh, the first one, I, we, mutual friend of both of ours, actually, Sue Woodard was on the first one, so I, I'm happy to have you on board for this one today, man. I appreciate it. This is so, like breaking the ice for the second time. This is like breaking the ice for the second time, and then we'll do a third <laughs> one and then a fourth one, so it'll be an interesting kind of topics from here on out. So we'll have lots of ice cubes to break, I guess, is what it's going to come down to. Yeah. So look, Dan, you and I have been in the industry for for a long time. Um, we, you and I have kind of talked about this topic before. You know, we're getting into home buying season. In fact, we're already there, right, and have been for at least a month or so, if not longer than that, especially in certain markets. But, you know, there's there's tactics, there's things that people should be doing to tackle this, right? We're not in the order-taking phases that we were in the last several years, right? This takes levels of energy, effort, work, leveraging the tools you have to be successful. So I'm excited to kind of talk to you about this because as a former loan officer, uh, I'm not a loan officer anymore, which means I did this very poorly. So take, <laughs> take, take what I'm about to say for what it's worth at this point. But but I, hey, I knew fa- failure is how you learn the best that's right. lessons. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The lessons, the lessons that we've learned over time. So, um, but Dan, let's go ahead and, and jump right in. Right, Chief Lending Officer, Total Expert. You know, great to have you on. Um, before we jump into it, what are your thoughts on kind of the home buying season? We're we're transitioning yeah. from a really easy market to purchase season and so on but give me a couple of key thoughts you got yeah right so um listen there's there's challenges that are out there right you still we still got low inventory uh we got rates that are you know going up and down week to week i mean some you know half a point swings from week to week right now so the volatility in the market is still uh pretty dramatic um everybody is still anticipating you know um may is going to start a real good positivity trend with rates starting to trend downwards um, but listen, we've we've seen some positivity, right? We got you know from March to, to February, we have locks increasing, you know over forty percent. Um, so locks are we're seeing locks go up. We're seeing applications go up as well from from March to February. So March is we're apps were up over thirty percent. Um, so we're definitely seeing the demand start to pick up, and as time goes on, consumers. Uh, thought process around, you know, a two and a half, three percent interest rate um, starts to diminish and and life events, things that are going to naturally progress a consumer to go out and be forced to go buy a home or refinance or, you know, pay off that student debt or that crazy amount of, you know, credit card debt that they have accumulated over the last year, they're going to start to have to leverage their home equity that they've built up over time. So um, I think there's definitely some positivity in the market Um, rates, you know, Getting downwards into the fives will start certainly make an impact, and I think that's everybody's hopes over the next 60, 60 days. Hopefully, um, that we'll start to see that pick up even more. So, um, no, I, yeah, I think most originators' sentiment is is starting to you know, yeah, they're starting to feel the demand come in, and they're starting to feel good about where the market's headed. Yeah, I think it's starting to get back to quote unquote normal. Yeah, like 2020, new, 2021, 2022 was not normal. No, <laughs> right. No. So. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned the life changing events thing because that's that we're going to talk about that here in probably a few segments or so. But like, how do you know when Dan Cantonella wakes up one day and has another kid and needs a bigger house or an extension on the house? Right, we're we're going to talk about how we try and keep people Absolutely. abreast of those things as those kind of opportunities come up and, and so on. It's and and it's it's funny to say that the other part of it too, the volume kind of coming back is 
you know, every so often I'm, I'm invited to customer calls, believe it or not. Um, they eventually uh, every once in a while allow me out of the basement, but, um, you know, we were talking to, you know, a couple of the processors at this organization and they were basically saying, look, my pipeline two weeks ago had five loans in it. Right. And it went from five to 28 in a matter of a couple of weeks, which now that's not a magical indicator that things are magically back, but right. you know, but that's the kind of shifts that we got to be you know, responsible for because it's going to start coming back. So the question is, how do you, out of the 4,200 lenders, registered lenders in the country, whatever the number is up to now, how do you kind of stand out? Right. It's kind of what we're going to talk about kind of today. So, yeah. So um, we, you and I kind of talked about this. We basically broke it down into three, three buckets, right? One is around maximizing conversion. And I'm going to use you, Dan, as an example. Dan Cantanella gets a new kid. How do I make sure that Dan calls Eric Quiella's totally awesome mortgage company, right? How do we maximize, you know, those, those conversions that come in? The second part is once we do get, you know, the, the lenders do get those customers, how do we help them? What tools are available to help them retain those, those relationships, right? And then ultimately, how do you just take what you've done uh, over the past several years, throw it out the window and kind of expand those partner referral business? So when these cycles come around, you know, you're not you're not going through the ebbs and flows as big as kind of your competitors and so on. So, so th yeah. those are kind of the three big topics that we had we had today, right? So let's jump in on the first one, yeah. right? Maximizing conversion, right? So we had a couple of topics there: product mix, affordability glasses, and and communication, right? So what are your thoughts on the product mix? Yeah. So obviously, as the market has changed pretty dr dramatically from low interest rates to a new set of interest rates that are much higher than they used to be. Um, you know, affordability is challenging. You got home buyers, existing home buyers that are trying to sit in their existing home for as long as possible, try to keep that low interest rate. So a lot of the market right now is made up of first time home buyers and first time home buyers have a tremendous barrier of entry with home prices that have skyrocketed over the last years and, you know, in increased interest rates. So, um, the top lenders that we're seeing have the most success and the originators out there in the community are really putting together a series of strategies that not only uh, start to look at broadening their, you know, it's not just 30 year fixed rate anymore. You know, can I, can I use an interest only product or an arm product um, or looking at my government offerings to get somebody in there? There's a lot of um, good DPA down payment assistance programs that uh, sales are, are looking at uh, to help really combat the affordability crisis that a lot of these first time home buyers are. And the more you know success you have getting qualified borrowers in the door, um, the more success you'll have building you know your referral base and your you know real estate agent network because they're going to have more trust in you mm -hmm. that the more uh, potential buyers that they can send your way, you're going to be able to qualify them and ultimately you know add to their commission pocket at the end of the day. So um, looking at your entire product portfolio and really figuring out how you can you know implement sales strategies. You know the buy down is obviously uh, super relevant right now as well. Um, can I get a knowing that rates are projected to come down in the next you know six to twelve months? Uh, can I get a buyer in on a temporary buy down basis to get the home that they want today? Uh, obviously, we're, we're expecting demand to pick up over the spring and summer months, so um, it's a great time to buy for for some of those cases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's important to note too is that one of the things that when when you hear things like product mix, right? I know that even I felt guilt. I felt kind of into this trap way back when twenty 
19 years ago, whatever the hell it was. You're but, aging yourself now. Uh, seriously, dude, I need to stop doing that. But um, <laughs> this is terrible because every time I wake up, I'm like, God, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. um, you know, I think it's, it's key. We're not saying go out and have your teams create new products, right? It's not, it's not that you've got a borrower that you've done a bunch of business with and they want to buy a second home in Guam. Like, don't chase that, right? Leverage the stuff that you have. Yep. Right. And and understand there's a lot of new programs being out, but there's a lot of programs that have been in existence for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Originators that stay close to what their companies are offering, you know, whether it's a new you know, state bond program that they launch or some one that they just yeah. always had in their portfolio that they really just haven't took the time or needed the time to learn it. That's right. Um, you know, getting entrenched into your product offerings inside your organization is really important. That's right. That's right. And that kind of leads us to the second topic around this is around kind of put the affordability glasses on, right? It's no longer, I mean, to your point, home buyer, first time home buyers is, is, is a majority of the market today, right? They need education. They're not, you know, and, and I, I use the, the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving table kind of as my, my example all the time, right? If you go to my Thanksgiving, you know, my Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to have my parents, my wife's parents who are divorced. I mean, there's four of them, right? My, my brother, her brothers and stuff like that. And each one of them are in a different stage in their life, right? With different ways they're going to interact with that lender, right? Like yep. my dad will never, ever apply for a mortgage on mine, ever. Like, I don't care what people say. He'll never, ever do it, right? No matter what the process is, right? My brother probably does half, right? He may apply online and then be like, you know what? Now that I've done that, I want to call Dan and find out what the heck's yep. going on with my loan. Absolutely. And then there's me who doesn't want to talk to anybody. He was like, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need any of that stuff. So I, I'm self-service and things like that. But, but I, we all, all of us might go to the same lender, right? And then how do we then take, how does, how does Dan Cantonella, the loan officer on this deal, educate all these people on the different programs that are available so that you can provide those affordability options? Yeah. Right. So I think, yeah, I think, I think everything good. leads with education these days, especially with the big part of the purchase market made up with first-time home buyers that, you know, a lot of times I always use this, the um, analogy with like loan servicing. We talk about loan servicing a lot. Like a first time home buyer has no idea what the hell loan servicing means. Um, so You're leading with education, but also talking about uh, what we do and how you can help them, um, you know, become even mortgage readiness and be prepared to, to get qualified for a mortgage. Yeah. What, you know, we have a lot of first time home buyers that can't credit qualify today. Um, so, you know, how can you make sure that you're incubating those those consumers where you do have fallout and putting them on long term nurturing journeys and things of that nature with educational mm -hmm. content that shows them how to improve their credit score, what they need to do. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're investing a lot into data and intelligence so that we can also tell not only did that consumer not credit qualify at the top of the funnel, but how do I know when they do so I can reengage that consumer at the right, right time and ultimately maximize my conversions. That's right. That's right. And I, th I think you know Brian View, right? So he's been out, you know, a lot lately talking about Love financial literacy, doing. right? Yep. It's great what he's doing, right? I mean, yep. I, I wish there was a class in college around financial literacy. Not, I, I took economics, I took finance; those are one things, right? But to actually like know how to go out and apply and what a mortgage actually means and things like that would be great. But I, I, I personally feel that it's up to us, the industry, not just. Dan and Eric, but the industry to be those consultants and take on some of that education burden because there, there's a lot out there. You can Google whatever you want to, and you may get five different answers, 10 different answers, whatever it is. So um, I'm a huge fan of it. We're going to do a whole series on education 
in general with with Susie Lindblom and Kim Hoff. You know them as well. So we're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, a series awesome. Be fun, so cool. Okay, so now that we've got it right, we've we've uh, we've put in our affordability glasses on. Right, I've talked Dan into into doing this. Um, communication tends to be the biggest probably fault point that happens within this within this entire process. It's the I don't have any news, so I won't tell them kind of thing. Um, I know it's a bit oversimplified and obviously speaking a bit kind of broad stroke, but I, communication is always something. I don't know. I don't know if you can over communicate. Like, I think there, it probably gets to a point, but I, I don't know if I agree with that. The, the, no, I, it's uh, transparency is important, especially something as important as, you know, home purchase. Right. Um, I mean, it's probably the biggest asset in most consumers eyes on, on the investment they're going to make there. So um, mm -hmm. The more transparency, the better um, throughout the process from, you know, top of the funnel all the way through, you know, past, past customer retention. I mean, communi and communicating them into the channel that they want. I mean, do they want to receive communication via right. email? Do they, would they rather receive text messages? Would they rather have face-to-face -face updates on a call? So making sure that you're looking at your whole customer journey and being flexible and, and injecting how you're communicating and what channel that consumer uh, prefers in like you said your your three different family member cases you all request different ways to communicate your sure. customer journey should be tailored to that way so that you know you're giving the best experience mm -hmm. to you as an individual yeah and, and 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 leverage the tools right i mean even though you may want a personalized experience like having an automated response might be enough because they may not know it's an automated response Absolutely. but it's, just, it's it's at comfort level i think you bring up a good point like this is the biggest asset people own for the most part for the normal person <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just look at I just look at all the great work that we've done together through our partnership of Encompass mm -hmm. and Total Expert. Like the more data that we can get in real time from mm -hmm. in, in the Encompass platform into ours makes the communication just that much more on point and that much more automated. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, if you can deflect the day to day transparency and updates to not only the consumer but also the, your referral partner. Um, mm -hmm, they got mm -hmm. just as much invested interest in that consumer having a great experience as well, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I love the partnership that we've built and continues to mature and, you know, getting data um, from your platform in a seamless way into ours just helps us be able to strengthen that communication in an That's automated right. way to the consumer. Yeah, and all ships rise, right, at, at that point, right? So it's funny that you mentioned the, the, the automation piece, right, because there's a sense of fear around it instead it's like use it as an enhancement because if you leverage the tools that means i've got more time to absolutely. make those personal connections absolutely right? pick up that phone and, and say hey dan just give you a heads up i've got a basketball game this weekend i'm gonna be around let me know if you want to meet up I'm just, whatever whatever the, the conversation yeah. looks like let, you know, leverage yeah, the always, tools to do it. I, yeah i always use the the saying to originators like let me take away the day-to-day -day mundane activities and I want to put you where you're building the most trust with the consumer or being able to grow your referral network as mm -hmm. much as possible. Like that's where I want you guys to spend as much time as possible. Um, right. And typically they, they, they agree. Um, they mm -hmm. should not be you know, fielding yeah. phone calls on, Hey, is my appraisal in? Is my appraisal in? Is my appraisal in? Um, that's right. Those are things that we can absolutely automate for them. That's right. And people get hung up on that. I want you to automate the hard stuff for me. I'm like, I'm going the other way. It's like, let us automate the thousand easy <laughs> yeah. stuff. So that yeah, there's a lot of low hanging fruit, right? Do, right? <laughs> a, lot low -hanging fruit. a lot of low hanging fruit there. A lot of low hanging fruit. So, okay. So now, now that we've got, we're going to uh, kind of topic number two, right? Which is around customer, uh, customer retention. I think you threw out a stat the other day 
like 23% of customers return to their original lender somewhere around yeah. there. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty embarrassing in the industry as a whole that our customer retention rate still as an industry is still floating around 23%. Um, so you're talking about 77% of customers when they're ready to transact again, they're using a different lender. Um, so there, there's just, there's so much opportunity when we, when we look at that. And, you know, we got the, some complexities inside of our industry with, hey, you know, you got this origination channel and then you're going to sell the loan to the servicer uh, and there's friction there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's definitely uh, things as an industry that we have that's definitely more complex than a lot of other industries. But yeah. um, we believe really it starts with, understanding your consumer at a very deep level using data and intelligence. Um, you know, if you look at a consumer's profile, so we're investing highly into data uh, right now and, and, you know, really trying to build out the most comprehensive financial profile of every consumer that sits in our platform. And really it's, it's all around, you know, what is their, what are their credit today? Not when I transacted with them three years ago, what is their, what has their income changed? Have they had any significant life events? You know, maybe they got what married. Are those or life changing events, right? Like, so, I mean, imagine like, yeah, I, I always go back to like where I started in the industry and sitting behind originators and saying, you know, them trying to filter through their database to find opportunities and, you know, they're sorting by rates and things like that. And, and I just would like, it was like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And, and the better way is really just using data and intelligence to be able to say, hey, this, this consumer's financial profile or their life has changed in a way. Now I know how to exactly engage and things that I can propose to them that are going to make, you know, them have an increased financial wealth uh, over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're investing highly into that. We're seeing some great results with our customer intelligence platform already. Um, and we're kind of doubling and tripling down on that in the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you know, I mean it's, it's, it's a material impact to a lender's bottom line, like to acquire a brand new customer costs a lot more than trying to get someone to come back to you. Uh, the, the cheapest customer I mean, that you can have is the one you already got. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my neighbor, he sells, he sells cars, right. And probably 80 to 85% of his business is somebody coming back right so why 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 can't we apply that or why don't we take that same sentiment the same mentality why because it comes down to things that you guys are trying to solve for right yeah you got to leverage the data that you've got the information's there absolutely people you don't have to be psychic to figure out when dan gets married again absolutely (laughs) absolutely you don't need those 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 triggers those events those that those data points are out there to 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 mine and understand to go out and actually you know react to those opportunities as they come up so absolutely um, i think you, you mentioned it the other day your database is an appreciate appreciating asset use it that's wisely. right yeah right? absolutely yeah that's i mean if you're not looking at your database <clears throat> as an appreciating asset then you're really not you know utilizing it and optimizing it the way you should that's right and you're probably right. using losing a lot of those customers so you're probably in the bottom half of that 77 percent. yeah yeah and, and and this industry is full of data like like you know to your point we we we, we provide it on a regular basis, you guys collecting it and using it will create another subset of information that's going to be available to, to use and leverage. So um, if you're not looking at your databases as an appreciating asset, you're going to be on the 77% side of it for sure. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Last and final topic, I guess for now, until we go on a tangent and figure out what else we want to talk about, but <laughs> um, expanding your referral partners, this one, I, I don't know, man, I, I can't, I can't stress this one enough, right? It comes back to you, you got to have an engine that feeds 
kind of your your pipeline, right? Whether it be and, and these take these things take energy and effort uh, to do, but they pay off in droves if you're if you if you do it correctly, right? Absolutely. And I don't mean just going to your traditional like hey, the realtor networks and things like that. Those are all those are all imp- very important things to do. But I think we need to start getting creative and looking even beyond that uh, as well. And I don't know what that answer looks like, right? So I'd be yeah. curious to hear. Yeah. So um, let me just uh, let me uh, I'll talk about a little bit about you know, real estate agents and yeah. some of the things that I still think that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And it, it similarly, like you look at a consumer and, you know, it, it goes back to using data and intelligence. Like it's amazing if you talk to top originators and you say, Hey, how much, how, how many top, how many agents are you actually getting a lot of your business from? And most of them will tell you, yeah, 10 to 20, I get 80% of my business from. And then there's some mm-hmm. smatterings that make up the rest. And I said, well, well, what percentage of that business is, you know, are you getting from each of those agents? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what if, it, if a Bob agent is doing 10 deals a month, how many, how many are you getting? Yeah. Are you getting one? And most of them, most nine? of them don't, most of them do yeah. not know that answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, one of the things that we are doing is basically a lot of the things that we're doing on the consumer side from a data intelligence standpoint, uh, we're looking at how can we bring those same data and insights on the real estate agent side so that mm-hmm. each originator now has a clear picture of, Hey, this is, this is the agent that I have a relationship with. He's doing 10 deals a month. I'm getting five. I understand the white space. I understand which, you know, which lenders I'm losing to. Um, and most originators are pretty smart to know where they compete and where they'll wait, where they can win. So they can mm-hmm. start to have some real conversations with those agents say, say, how can I get more of your business? Um, like, like on the consumer side, the, the easiest relationship to nurture is the one you already have, right? So how do you get deeper in with the agents um, that you already have a relationship with? And, you know, it starts with understanding from a data intelligence standpoint, how much of that business you, you have the opportunity to obtain. Yep. Um, the, you know, the, the other thing, you know, if we talk about, you know, expanding your network, uh, obviously builders uh, have a pretty good edge right now, being inventory super low. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a lot of attraction to get builder business. And there's a lot of unique things that you can do for builders uh, using the existing technology. Um, Things things like making sure, you know, what builders typically do not do over the 12 month span when they're building that home is keeping the borrowers apprised of, you know, updates and milestones through the build creation. So Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of lenders that are highly focused on builders business, um, really trying to fill some of the gaps that builders traditionally have not done well. Um, mm-hmm. using our platform to really keep that communication and that transparency and fill some of those those voids that the builders have and build really close, deep partnerships with builders. Um, obviously, financial planners, um, if they want to expand their network beyond those, financial planners are still a great referral source. Uh, if you get in with a great, you know, some good divorce attorneys, um, those are always good. You get, a, you know, right, sometimes right. get a trifecta from there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sell, right. sell and two, sell, two new sell purchases. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, <laughs> so you know, um, you know, there's a lot you can do with agents. Uh, again, you know, education, education, education. Yeah. If your yeah. your agents don't know all the unique products and offerings that you have, um, then they can't position you to help win mm-hmm. win that deal. Um, so it's really important that you're not only educating your consumers, but you're also educating your referral partners as well. The more you can educate them. Okay the more they'll see you as the expert and somebody that can qualify as many borrowers as possible for them. That's right. That's right. Because I mean, they're, they're in the same boat, right? They're trying to go out and attract people to, to 
either list with them or help them find a new home or whatever it is, but they're not, they're not, they don't control who their customer is. Right. So if we know that, that, if if we know who we're working with and the, 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 your referral partners know that you're capable of taking care of these or even saying, Hey, look, I can do it better because I am taking the time to educate. Now, granted, these programs are available for everybody for the most part. Right. So it's not, it's not a question of that. The question is, are you the one taking the time to educate it so that they're the ones that, Oh yeah. He, Dan took the time to actually explain this to me. He knows what the, the, the types of, um, you know, homeowners that I, I typically attract and things like that. He's got programs that I know can fit, you know, into this, even though someone else might have similar type stuff, but they didn't do the exercise Absolutely. Know, to go through it. So, yeah. I mean, listen, and, and it's, it's a relationship yeah. business. It's a relationship business. Be seen as the expert, build deep, mm-hmm. deep relationships, um, and you, you'll win. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, one of the things we talked about when we were kind of talking about this topic, talking about this topic, talking about to talk about this topic, it's a lot of uh, talking going on, um, is, you know, we're, and we, we're kind of doing this on the, um, on the marketing side, right? Is how do we humanize, you know, this, this, this transaction? Right. I mean, you know, obviously it's very borrow driven, obviously very relationship driven, but we tend to look at things like, oh, I've got a file. Like how many times have you heard that? I'm working on the file. Right. Yeah. And things like that. So it sounds right. stupid, but yeah. if you can change that mentality, the the nomenclature, whatever you want to call it and say, look, I'm working on Dan's loan or, right. you know, just those types of changes, which sounds stupid. They're not technology driven. They're not like, you know, but if you start to look at those things, start to humanize that relationship. I mean, it's it's like empathy. What are they? Emotional IQ 101, right? Just you know, relate, Absolutely. empathize, and so on. Because again, this is their biggest, biggest transaction, biggest asset that they're going to own that drives yeah. family wealth. Like this people, is this is what people want to work with people. You know, they don't want to be right. just seen as another transaction or a number in the system. Right. That's for that's for darn sure. That's right. That's right. So a lot of things to do on kind of expanding the the, the referral partner thing. So one of the things that, that we didn't talk about, which I knew we were, here's, here's the tangent. Here's the tangent. All right, let's do it. Ready? So is, you know, we always talk about kind of the, the customer acquisition stuff, right? Like helping them go acquire and win business, right? There is, I just, I dehumanized it by calling it customer acquisition. So there you go. I even went against my own, my own, my own recommendation. Um, but, you know, we tend to lean towards those types of solutions, right? But, you know, if we can condense, right? Time time kills all deals and time heals all wounds, right? Isn't that kind of the, the saying? Yep, that's what they say. But but we should leverage those we should leverage the technologies that we have to condense those timelines, right? And understand and, and those condensed timelines, those um, less back and forth, whatever you want to call it, right? Feed into the total experience, which helps drives all three of the things that we just talked about today. Winning business, keeping them up to date on what's going on, and then ultimately getting them to come back. Right. Those those things come together. You have to look at the entire process, not just one aspect of it. Absolutely. Right. And this is this is where partnerships like the one you know, between us and, and Total Expert come into play. Right. Is that we start to synergize the the entire process, not just one, not just one piece of it. So and a lot of people get fear that like going back to the fear conversation before is that, oh, it's going to replace my job or I'm worried about it. No, 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 no. This is here to enhance it. Right. We want to yeah. get to the point where you can pick up the phone and make those connections. And oh, by the way. Your turn times went from 40 days down to 15, 20, whatever, whatever the numbers are, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, those and when the market scales out. again, you don't have to hire a bunch of, you know, extra staff that, you know, right. you know, is a short term thing. Um, you can now have the ability to scale with the existing staff, staffing yep. levels that you have. Yep. I mean, you got, we have to flatten those curves out. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you remember, I mean, back in the day, I mean, underwriters are doing what, 10, 12, 13, 14 loans a day. Yeah. I think right. Now we're up. Industry- 
Is industry average still two and a half, something like, like that? Two and a half, almost yeah. like maybe three ish yeah. question mark type deal. Yeah. It's just it's it's just wild. I think I think there's a level of trust that needs to be there. Now, to everyone's defense, more regulation, yeah. more requirements, all those things play into that, right? But also trust what you have and leverage what you have so that you can free up, you know, that that capacity. Those things all come together, kind of help you get those customers to come back and so on. So I don't know, man. It's been fun. We could probably do this for like, I don't know. Uh, probably or, another three hours. Probably another three hours, which, but yeah, which no one at days. that point, no one would be listening besides just no. the two of us. So. Um, but I appreciate you kind of taking the time, man. Yeah, man. Um, any, any time for you, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, anytime. And you know, go, go. Aren't we supposed to have like a peacemaker, like entry we were, song well, or something? So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's playing in the background right now as we, <laughs> as, as, as we kind of close out. So. I can be vigilante. You can be, you can, you can be peacemaker. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> but appreciate it. Hey guys. Thank Dan, Dan Cantonella, chief lending officer, total expert, uh, Eric Quayle, vice president of product marketing, ice mortgage technology. We appreciate you guys taking the time. Thanks Dan. We'll see you at the nice next day. conference and, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.